Uh, on today's episode, we had Brianna come on. Um, she co-authored a best-selling book called Fuck Motherhood, which I highly suggest to go check out. Um, she helps a lot around with mental health and has so many cool insights around it. And, you know, especially on, on social media and she has a lot of um, courses around it as well and all this other stuff. So I highly suggest to go check out all her work, which I'll link down below and the bio and yeah and then other than that if you want to support the um, podcast any extra little bit go to patreon.com forward slash studio mindfulness and also have creating your your legacy t-shirts out now as well um, all on my website and that's all the link down below um, this was a fantastic chat really enjoyed it so um hope you enjoyed it as well and let's jump into it Epic. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Fairly well. It's nice and sunny outside, so it makes it a little bit easier to be feeling good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's just, it's actually just finished raining up here probably early this morning. So it's like good that it's sunny now and cleared up. So it's, it was nice to actually go walk to my, down to grab a coffee instead of having to drive down. So absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I find that now um, that we're getting closer to the spring, like, there's been a bit of a weight that's kind of been lifted on, um, you know, on how we feel, you know, knowing how in tune we are with the seasons and things like this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's definitely, it's quite funny how in tune people are with seasons and that and how it's quite funny because my, like, if I look at myself, it's generally winter that I do a lot more and then summer it's normally I slow down, which is, it's quite weird. But I think this is because as a child, it's like I did a lot more sports in winter so then summer used to be my taper off period. That makes sense. So it's really ingrained as a habit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I find that for me, winter, I really go like quite deep and introspective. Like for me, that's when I'm I'm really doing that internal work. Um, and then I start to, I really do start to re-emerge as we get closer to spring. And I'm like, oh, now I'm more like dancing. And <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's quite funny how it works in different people and different aspects and that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I guess it's that whole like uh, nature versus, versus nurture type scenario. <laughs> 100%. Wicked. Um, so, yeah, you've just become a best-selling author or co-author, I should say. Um Hope I say like fuck motherhood, the book's called. <laughs> yep, yeah, that's I right. love the name. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like I I've been, I guess, for a while now following all your posts on social media and that, and I resonate a lot with them and you have a lot of information to share. So, but I guess before we like probably dive into it all, I'll get you to explain your journey and how have you come to where you are today and that. 100%. Okay. So I guess. Really, mine in summaries is a classic story of really being able to look at life as something that happens for you and that the things that we see is happening to us are really the things that need to happen for us to evolve in such a way that we're able to really uncover the gifts that we all have. Um, so, you know, rewind, you know, many years ago, um, really I would say that my journey with trauma started when I was probably around... I don't know, maybe 14 years old. Um, And that was when I really also started my journey with mental health and things like this. So pretty much throughout that period um, onwards, things were, you know, really tough, like a lot of loss, a lot of trauma, as I said, mental health struggles, um, things like this. And then I ended up getting to a point where 
my perspective started to change and gradually I started to look at things in a different way where they weren't happening to me anymore. They were happening for me. So probably the, the biggest turning point in my life was when I went through like three years of just trauma after trauma after trauma. Like my father passed away, um, my cat passed away. Um, I was hit by a car. What else happened? My relationship broke down. Um, I had a miscarriage, like all of these things just happened. And at that point I had such high anxiety that I would pretty much refuse to leave the house. If anyone came over, I would hide because I just like, I just couldn't fathom human interaction. You know, like I was so fearful that I just had to keep myself safe and that what that safety looked like was just hiding from the world basically. So I was very disconnected. I was very unhappy. Um, and then you know, I was bringing a new baby into the world at that time as well. And things started to change for me a little bit there. Like I went from experiencing like literally life die inside me to starting to feel life grow and emerge again. So I started to feel a little bit better. But then, of course, you know, women are particularly susceptible to um, postpartum depression and things like this. And I had already had a massive journey with depression. So not realizing that that might be a risk for me. I just didn't have the supports in place. I didn't know how to talk about it. I felt very isolated, very alone. Um, um, yeah, also before we get the continue on, I'd like you to, to touch base into the, you know, the depression that you get after like um, having a kid and all that, because that would be really good information to share with people. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's from, from memory, I was looking at these stats yesterday. It's about one in six women, um, will experience depression in their lifetime and then you look at the specific category of of mothers it's one in six even there in that cohort um but then of course it's very common for there to be a comorbidity so anxiety as well and women are actually more likely um than men based on these stats to experience ptsd so depending on what the scenario of childbirth or entry into motherhood was like also in these times when we do become mothers we also can trigger a lot of intergenerational trauma as well that we didn't even know that we had so it can be a very delicate time um which really is why you know the book fuck motherhood is so i think profound for mothers because it just says hey you know we get you we've been through this you're okay it's okay to have a raw and real experience and feel like you aren't the perfect mother you know what i mean um so it's, it's a really real thing and you know I think that it's not really spoken about um I know that I yeah I, it didn't really occur to me that that might be a thing for me and I think especially if you are kind of predisposed um in your own life from having experienced depression or anxiety before then that can occur in motherhood again um yeah so all of that all of that happened and then I got to a point throughout all of that trauma where I was just suicidal like it was literally my exercise because I'd been hit by a car um, and I couldn't deal with the chronic pain anymore so I was like right I gotta fix myself so I started going to the gym and I had my son so those were the two things that really kept me alive and um, it got to a point where I I went away some friends invited me up to the coast and this was the first time that um, anyone had really spoken to me about what was going on in my life, which is why, like, I'm a big advocate of mental health first aid. I'm a mental health first aid instructor. And basically what that does is teaches people the skills to have those conversations because quite often we don't know how to talk to someone who's struggling. So for me, that conversation changed my life. 
And from there, I was able to take the time out. I really connected with with the elements. I connected with the ocean, with with the beach, you know, because we're all so intrinsically connected with nature. Like we really are. And that is essentially the premise of why we feel such disconnection today. We feel lack of belonging because we're out of alignment with the elements. So there are processes that we can do to get back into alignments. And, and that was really, really beneficial for me. So from that point, you know, I could only see three months ahead in my life. Like anything else from there just didn't exist. So I was like, right, I'll just plan this three months. I'll go back and study. I'll work out a living scenario with my son. I'll work on mending all of, you know, my relationship with myself, with my son, everything will be great. And then from there, I got the momentum, you know, things just kept going and going, 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 and going until I got to a point where intuitively, you know, from having conversations with people and seeing that they'd make an impact in their lives, intuitively, the next step was coaching. So I just went and did my certs in that. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and that as well changed my life. Like on that weekend, I moved a lot of anxiety. I walked in there not even thinking about the amount of people that would be there, just knowing that it was going to help me make a difference. And then, of course, when I got there, I was like, okay, there's a lot of people here. <laughs> I have the same issue too when I go to these things. I like social anxiety and that, and it's like, and I'm someone that faces these fears. Like I yeah. go head first, and so I'll go to these events by myself <laughs> just so I have to talk to people. Oh man, exposure therapy, like yeah. really 100%. And then, you know, you have a positive experience and, yeah. you know, your comfort zone goes into your learning zone, your growth zone, you open mm -hmm. yourself up. It's it's such a good way to do it. But um, so I think, you know, the pure exposure to that many people was beneficial for me because it was great, but it was also the process work, like literally changing my neurology and releasing those emotions from my body. Um, and it made a huge difference. And, you know, from there, I just kept studying, kept learning, um, did a lot of mindset work, you know, a lot of NLP, a lot of timeline therapy, holographic kinetics, you know, hypnosis, a whole bunch of stuff to the point where I've been able to look at my life and be like, right, this happened. What did I learn for it? What did I learn from it? Why was, why was that thing gifted to me as a gift in disguise? And what can I now do with that? And how does that become my platform to be able to help others? So that's really how I look at things now. So, you know, going from all of those mental health struggles, I realised um, that I had a tendency to really avoid my emotions. Like, I think that a lot of us do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I resonate so much with that. That's a huge yeah, part of really my story loved, too. <laughs> well, I really loved your post about, you know, emotions only last 90 seconds, but it's yeah. our, our mentality that mm -hmm. holds it in place for longer than that. So, like, we yeah. choose to inflict suffering. And I was like, mm -hmm. that's really interesting. So, you know, learning to be okay and present with that was a big one for me as well. And then learning to be able to, you know, accept everything as, as a way for me to grow more and evolve into who I am. So that's, that's the journey. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's an amazing journey because it's like, as you are, right, like life, like it, you know, works in your kind of favour, whether you choose to play, you know, a lot of people will choose to play the victim to it. But then when you can create that empowering story and all you have to do is take that first step and then you start get rewarding for it and it's just taking those little steps that create this momentum in life and how you can flip the whole script around but it's like I guess it comes back with a little bit of taking self-responsibility as well it's like when I'm feeling like this and it's hard too because like 
I guess the way society works, we get we get sold a lot of disempowering stories. So we don't think we have the ability to take those steps. And once you realize you have the responsibility and you can take those steps to empower yourself, it's amazing how much you can transform your life. Like I look at myself even back when I was like 18 and had I was addicted to drugs, alcohol. And then when I like you know, came 19, came super self-aware of how to take these, you know, the empowering story. And this is when like stuff started to flip for me. Yeah, absolutely. And you're really right. And it's like, <clears throat> I think it's healthy within that, you know, within taking that ownership and that responsibility mm. to be able to look back at your life when maybe you were living an empower- a disempowering story and say, right, okay, well, at that time before I knew what I know now, Really, I was doing the best that I could with the resources mm-hmm. that I have available. You know, I mean, we look yeah. at the drivers behind drug use, alcoholism. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the time it's it's belonging or, or something like this. So it's, yeah. it's something that is fulfilling a need for you. So it's like, mm-hmm. right, you know, give yourself compassion for that, for that. And, you know, but know now that you can change it. And I think that that's the, the most beneficial way um, to be able to go forth on that journey, you know, because I think that it's it's not helpful to be, you know, beating yourself up about the past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's in that that real ownership that things start to change. And you know, mm-hmm. even even people who have been through trauma as a child, it's like, well, what happened wasn't your fault, mm-hmm. you know, but you can choose to not live in the effect of that thing that happened to you mm-hmm. anymore. Like you can choose now to be a cause and that like I think yeah, you're exactly right. Like that's when you realize that you can take control back of your own life and flip the story. Mm. like my biggest thing especially like through like childhood and that is accepting what has happened instead yeah. of like you know trying to say it should have been different and all this kind of stuff because if this stuff didn't happen to me I wouldn't have the knowledge or you know being the position I am now today and which I'm actually you know I can step into a level of gratitude of that what's has happened and, I, and that's like probably the most empowering story you can and then also like talking into with addiction and that it's like having compassion for these types of people because generally as you're saying you're searching for something that's why you get addicted you like generally um, i think it was jonah or oh, he's butchered his name jonas harris's in his book um so i think it's chasing the scream and it's like the opposite to addiction is connection yeah exactly 100 percent and it's like um it's connection, you know, with others. It's connection with earth. Like I think it's earth, mm. mind, body, spirit connection. Like yeah. recently um, I've become a practitioner in an Indigenous mindfulness so um, cool. modality. It's so yeah. cool. But like <laughs> it's, it's really on point because it literally says like the biggest problem we're experiencing is belonging and connection. And mm. I went into that course and what came up for me was loneliness I was like I feel so lonely then going through the course going through the process I was able to bring up the sadness and then the anger that followed that and then on the other side of that was connection you know what I mean so like it's literally just this beautiful journey so I think it's that connection with the earth it's connection Mm -hmm. with the mind so like with our story realizing that we can flip and have an internal locus of control but then again it's also the connection with emotions because like you know, I think a lot of people eat or, or take drugs or drink alcohol because it's, you know, either people want to be full or fulfilled or they're trying to soothe their pain. And it's like, you know, unless you have connection with your emotional experience, your emotional body, none of those things really fix your emotions. 
you know and then again it's you know being able to cultivate that that connection with spirit too so i think that all of those things in terms of connection are really important and get people on a journey where they're you know doing the things that they want to be doing instead of being in the effect of um, vices and addictions mm. and i think it's so important how you mention all those things as well because like health is a full circle it's not just like this one objective and it's like as you see a lot like we can so hyper focus on one part of health not the whole part of health yeah as well and it's like well connection community is just as important to your health as anything else being connected to earth as well which is a phenomenal amount of studies to prove that and how you know even with mental health it's like people who live in cities and then people who live in country in the countryside people who live in the countryside are less likely to develop depression you know anxiety than people who live in the city is because of this sense of disconnection and then also too evolution wise we haven't had the time to adapt of how fast everything is going that's a good point that's a really good point i mean yeah like you even look at it from a logical perspective like you're getting outside you're getting vitamin d um someone told me recently that vitamin d um there's a process in absorption of vitamin D that also helps to release oxytocin. So it's not a direct thing, but it's a part of the process. And like oxytocin is really important. You know, you think that you're near a beach or you're in the forest, the air quality there is going to be even better um, and things like this. And ideally, you know, if you're focusing on being out in nature, then you're inspired to drink water as well because, you know, and all those things are really beneficial for your like energy production and things like that. So yeah, so many benefits to being in nature. And I think that it's, um, it's really funny because it really goes to show how disconnected we've become where nature kind of becomes an afterthought, mm. you know, and then it's like really it's the one thing that if we don't have our environment, we don't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a really funny thing. Like I wrote a, an article once on what does global warming tell us about value and like really it just said exactly about that. Like it tells us that we are so intergenerationally conditioned and I think wounded that we're all trying to find something to make us feel better, forgetting that kind of all we really need to do is let go of those stories and those emotions and just come back home to that sense of connection and belonging. Yeah, that that is a big one and it's so true. It's like it's so conditioned into us to, I guess it's also looking for that pleasure instead of like, dissolving yeah Yeah. instead of the serotonin i hope i said that right and then like like um and i really hope like i want to say as well it's like when you go in nature as well which this is um i've come across this study like it dissolves the ego and dissolves your problems because there's like a lot more bigger things out there than in your than that's happening in your life so when you go hang out with nature and this is why some people actually struggle to go in nature as well because their egos and their problems are that big and when they go into nature they feel like they're a nobody right interesting interesting that's fascinating yeah right yeah because yeah because it's like um this is um a study reference in um, lost connections and yeah it's just like this is why some people struggle to go in nature and hang out in the cities a bit more because it brings that sense more of an identity with having those problems which is actually quite scary in some way that we come you know so attached to our problems and our I guess our bigger ego that we can't let go of it yeah absolutely it's almost as though 
you know, like we, like the core of us are here, but through all these stories and, and avoided emotions and, and, you know, justifications to get our desires that have been, you know, our vulnerabilities being rejected in the past, we create almost this like farce of, of, of things that aren't truly us, but they are the way that we show ourselves to the world, like they are our mask. And it's really interesting to, to think that, that the attachment to the mask becomes so ingrained that it's scary to go to nature. Wow. Yeah. It, and like, I like how like you mentioned the mask thing as well, because it's like, we have many different layers to our mask, but we try and show the world one of our masks and we yeah. attach that to our identity, but there's so many different aspects to our identity. So true. So true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also seen your um, reference with grief and what's the video actually on it. And I would like to, um, for you to give your take on how to, I guess, when someone's going through grief that you know of how to help them, I guess, or hold space for them, I should be saying, in the process of it. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing with grief is really to just release any preconceptions of it being able to be resolved in a certain period of time. Um, like I think it was in that video that I said that after I'd miscarried three months later, someone said to me, well, when are you going to get over this? And I was like, I just, you know, I wasn't in the zone of thinking that I had to have a time frame to process my grief. And that was just unfathomable. So I think when you, when you go in, even if it's, if you don't think that it should be taking that long, if it's six months later, if it's a year later and they're still grieving like just accept that person where they're at because it's the rejection of that person's natural process that actually causes more of an, an internal trauma for them because then they think that something might be wrong with them and they're processing and and things like this so it's really important to gently be mindful to just respect everyone's processing time that's the first thing mm. and then also the second thing is like you know unless that person seems to be really in crisis it's okay if they don't really want or need your help at that time, but it doesn't also mean that you should give up trying, like still be that person who's, who's there. Like I talk about it in, in my journey, the person who actually came and spoke to me and voiced their concerns, like I'll always remember that and that changed my life. So even if, you know, they're not taking you up on an offer for help, if you are really concerned about them, just find a place, find a time to, to say, hey, this is what I see is going on i'm really concerned about this making sure that you're using your i statements you don't want to be accusatory um and just saying you know i've observed this i've observed that things like that and it's when you can actually put forth to them some things that you notice that it kind of gets past that barrier because you're not just saying are you okay and then they'll give you an automatic response saying yeah i'm fine but it's when you say hey no i've noticed that this seems to be happening or this has happened and then they say okay that's that's a thing that you know they've really been paying attention i'm going to actually kind of put down my barrier and talk about it now um and things like that so yeah really just really just release the statutory time frame preconception that you might have you know don't take it in offense if they don't want your help right now but still keep being there and mm -hmm. if you are really concerned have the courage to say something because um, more often than not, that is the thing that will actually get that person to start to make a change because they realise that somebody else has noticed that they're not coping. And it's hard to hide the truth even from yourself when someone comes and says it to you. 
Yeah, there's those are some like really good points, and you can probably tie it into like the mental health conversation as well. Yeah. And I like how you said it. Like, there's no time period to this stuff. It can like everyone time periods different. It's no one size fits all kind of approach with this stuff. And like, and that's even special healing from this stuff. There's so many different modalities that some work for some people, some don't work for other people, and. Yeah, and as you said, it's like just having this conversation and just bring awareness there. And then by having the conversation too, and it makes them feel like they got someone there they can go to, even if it's not at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like I know from my experience when I went through grief and like even recently I've been processing grief, like I noticed that my biggest thing was that I would feel lonely. And Mm. then later on down the track, whether or not I had... Uh, people I could reach out to or not that was just my automatic place that I went to I feel lonely I'm alone I'm going to shut down and then you know because I've done a lot of work I was able to notice this and I was like right well do I actually want to shut down no I don't really I want to connect more with community so from there I was able to get myself to a point where even though I was hurting even though I was processing I reached out more so that that was a great way to be able to kind of slow down, notice my own behaviour, habits that have been built up over time and change it with willpower. Um, but it's just something to be mindful of. So I think that it's common for people to feel isolated in their grief. So being that person who does continuously show up when you do notice something, it really helps people open up when they're in grief again because you don't have to be alone going through that process. Like I think it's important to find people who you can be safe with to grieve, like, you know, that it's important to find people who are able to receive you and hold space for you. But it's also important that you do make those connections rather than retreating. Yeah, because that's the one thing that even I've, I've noticed myself, people around me as well, it's like that's the one thing when stuff's going on that we all like seem to retrieve. It's like that some people do have that skill set where they will open up. And like I notice, especially in myself, when I have a lot of stuff going on, I'll start retrieving from people and stop... I guess connecting like I'll put my walls up straight away and this is something like even going through my last like grieving period which was a couple months ago because of doing a bit of like trauma work and stuff that I've realized I'm like okay I need to start opening up to people and so I guess and because I have this awareness now it's like when someone actually asks how I'm going being honest about it as well especially if I do trust them a lot and they are there for me Absolutely. I've noticed myself doing that recently too. Like if it's someone I trust and they say, how are you? I actually stop and take a moment and think about it. And they're like, yes. what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm actually doing my best to give you a real honest answer right now. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, had, I had this conversation with, um, I guess, my flatmate. We're out having a coffee and it's like, how are you going? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he goes, are you actually good? Or are you just saying you're good? And I'm like, oh, you got me there. <laughs> nice. Well played. Well played. But I think that that's another thing as well. Like we've kind of just become accustomed to the automatic response. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think it's it's healthy to, you know, gently, but but definitely kind of challenge that auto a little bit for sure. Yeah, because it is very ingrained to say when, like, for some reason, we always tell people we need to tell people we're good. And I think, like, and I think, like, even my perspective on this is, like, this start creating, like, 
be more honest of how we are with people because then we can create a deeper connection and then this will lead to like better communities and all this stuff when we're actually honest at how we're going then it also doesn't isolate people thinking they have to be good all the time absolutely yeah i see two two elements of that so number one definitely being honest like and genuine about where you're at when they ask and then the second thing is when you are actually really feeling good something that i like to do if people ask me how are you going we like Oh, I'm so fantastic or like, you know, really just put an emphasis on it because then it kind of challenges people, you know, like it shocks people a little bit. They're yeah. like, oh, she's, she's really fantastic. Like, oh, maybe I could, maybe I could have some of that too, you know? So I, I think that, you know, when, but that's another thing, like a lot of the time we lack honesty with ourselves and with others to be able to uh, vulnerably express when we're not feeling the best. But on the other side of that, it's like we kind of almost isolate ourselves from naturally expressing the joy or the playfulness that we're experiencing too, which is why I like to do the other um, because people just aren't accustomed to it. Yeah, it's so true. And this is something I'm trying to put a little bit more into my life as well as bringing more play into it because that's what life is generally about. We're here to have fun as well. <laughs> And it's like, it's something that Alan Watts talks about. It's like, you know, you have play and joy in the serious, like some of the serious moments as well. And that's why I like listening to a lot of his lectures because he does throw a joke in here and there, which actually brings more joy to a serious topic and it's so more true. ingrained. So true. Yeah. I, I I just think that, yeah, it's really important to be vulnerable and honest on, on both, both sides of the, mm. the emotional landscape. You know, like so many times I'll be going through um processes with people and you know they're learning the learnings about the, the uh, significant events that used to be traumatic and then they're getting these learnings and they're feeling great about themselves and I really push people to be able to integrate expressing that with joy or with happiness or with gratitude and lock that into the nervous system instead because it's people really you know seem to struggle to naturally and readily express joy and I know that that's something that I had in my life as well like but I've been able to now work on that. So like, I'll just be dancing in the street and things like that. I'm like, I just feel good. Like I'm going to express that. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's so important. And I do fully understand it. Cause it's like, that's another conditioning as well. It's like not accepting yeah. joy. And it's like, it's weird. Yeah. Like we have to sit in this neutral state all the time. It's weird, right? <laughs> Isn't it weird? <laughs> and then like, this is where like all the numbness comes from. It's like, well, I don't know how to feel like, you know, I'm meant to be feeling good in this moment, but I can't feel good because I, you know, because of the numbness kicks in as soon as you start feeling good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that, you know, as well as being completely open and vulnerable, you know, obviously in safe scenarios with people who mm -hmm. can hold space for you about where you're at. Also importantly with yourself though. So have yourself sit in that 90 seconds of emotion and do your best to mentally detach from, the suffering that you've told yourself that you have to experience but then like celebrate the fact that you just did that you know yeah. like you just sat through 90 seconds of feeling emotions you didn't avoid it like celebrate that and allow yourself to feel the joy that comes on the other side and that I think is something that we really need to start doing more of yes and then celebrating that helps it ingrain it more into us because it's like okay there's like a reward at the end of I guess doing something hard <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, it's really interesting because I've, I've experienced this firsthand. Like I went through um, a lot of processing recently where I was like, 
felt like I was emotionally processing a backlog of repressed emotions. And I was like, whoa, this is really intense. And then I ended up sort of having this internal realization of the middle way. So like, you know, don't, not to avoid, not to add to, just to be present with. And that's where that 90 seconds of emotional experience comes in, right? Mm. And then I had that, that thing. I was like, if I just let myself experience that sadness and that I've got this, that it's okay to experience that sadness, then it kind of just leaves my body. And then I feel really proud of myself that I did it. You know what I mean? Um, but then the more that I do that, so that I clear out the backlog and just present with kind of like the now emotions, it just comes up and there's no extra charge there. So now it's like literally, okay, emotion comes up. Sweet. That's what that is. Acknowledge it. And then just like, just like yeah. blow it out, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and then it's like, oh, healing and, and like experiencing emotions doesn't really have to be this prickly, traumatic, heavy thing, you mm-hmm. know? And that as well was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise to me. I was like, oh, this is this is just so fluid. <laughs> you can make it fun too, because it's like moving as well. It's like helps to create, you know, releasing the energy of emotions as well. So it's stiffening up and you know, letting it out store in the body. It's like, okay, when you feel something, just you know, start moving with it and moving through it, because then it's not stored up in the body and then it's released. And then you know, let a sigh out or a loud noise, which I do sometimes, and then. And it's like bringing joy into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's important to to remember the body's positioning in the emotional expressing. And you're exactly right. Like movement of the body, movement with the breath, like that sort of thing does help to release the emotion. And also, you know, being aware of what the body's doing. So it's like if you've got a pain, kind of just like tune into that. Is there an emotion in there? Or maybe there's some wisdom or a learning that's in there and really just start to listen to the body. You know what I mean? Because I think that there are, like you said, like there are so many different processes. We can either move it, we can listen to it, we can breathe it out. There are many different ways to be able to unlock the wisdom of the body and also release ourselves from the shackles of repressed emotion. And I like how you say the wisdom of the body, because our body is so intuitive, has so much wisdom that I guess we ignore a lot and it talks to us it's saying like if, when you get a pain it's saying hey something's up but you know don't ignore it kind of thing it's just like it's it talks to us on a daily hourly basis minute basis kind of thing to let you know what's going on and if we come more in tune with this it makes the healing process so much easier yeah absolutely um you know like so many people say recently that I've heard like they get a cold or something and then like oh it's my body telling me to slow down and I'm like okay excellent but are you actually slowing down now Mm. and if you are aware that your body getting a cold is telling you to slow down then can you bring that awareness into other times when your body is speaking with you you know yeah that's a powerful one I think it's an intrinsic awareness that we have on some level but I think it might be similar to the ego thing and like Mm. stopping yourself from being who you really are it's like well if I really listen to my body I kind of have to be more of who I am and that can be Mm. a little bit scary I suppose yeah definitely agree (laughs) 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 but yeah um I'll wrap it up on this question Um, what is the legacy you want to create oh good question wow so Legacy is in something I've been thinking about a little bit recently, actually. Um, 
and I was listening to Oprah speak about this and you know it made me think that legacy isn't necessarily something one thing that you leave behind um it was about you'll never really know the true legacy that you leave because your legacy is in all of the lives of the people that you change but not only from that it's in all of the the things that those people influence and all the lives that those people change you know what I mean so you know obviously I've got ideas of where I want to go with the companies I've got projects and things like this but the whole premise is to be able to bring people home back into that connection you know what I mean because that stuff is intergenerational like we're living the trauma of the generations before us today you know what I mean so I think for me the focus is really on getting people here in the now to be able to resolve a lot of that but to get people focusing forward on intergenerational wellness and then giving them the tools and the platforms to be able to make those changes and then you know inspire and influence the lives around them so for me it's it's you know obviously there are tangibles in terms of the company and and the projects there but I think the rest of it's kind of it's a little bit intangible because it's really a gift that's up to the individual so for me it's all about you know being authentic like my company's name is emerge authentic because that's what for me the focus is so it's like the more that i do that and then the things that come from that the things that are a byproduct of that also inspire others to do that as well and have their own unlocking their own experience and keep paying that forward so i don't know if that answers your question it does <laughs> it's probably the most perfect way you can answer it because it's like yeah perfectly because like it's it's about the impact you have on other people and you're not totally sure of the impact you have on those people and it's like and having impact on those people helps to create you know ripple effect out yeah yeah and that's it it's just keep creating the ripples keep creating the ripples mm -hmm. and the more that I work on myself the bigger I realize the waves are that I can make you know mm -hmm. what I mean and that is that journey of self unfolding and belief and clearing up the emotional stuff and then obviously scheduling is very important but you know and I think as well it's just asking yourself the question um so for me the question used to be you know how can I how can I help people or how can I become a better person and things like that mm -hmm. like how can I continue to evolve and then more recently it shifted to like well how can I make a bigger impact you know what I mean and then mm -hmm. things just when you put that when you sort of implant that question and the answer is, if your belief is clear, they kind of just start to come to you. Mm. That's yeah. so true. Just asking yourself those questions. It's so powerful. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. It was an awesome chat. And so cool. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Cheers for tuning in today's podcast today, guys. Um, if you think anyone would get any value from it, share with a friend or a family member or anything like that. Um, let us know what you think in the comments section below or through social media or anything like that. Um, also, too, now that I'm now qualified to do access bars and Reiki. So um, if you're up on the sunny coast, um, feel free to reach out for a session. I'll have all this stuff linked up on my website soon, shortly. And yeah, but other than that, hope you enjoyed today's episode and cheers for all the support.